Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape the future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right, folks, we're going to talk today about how one agency, Rocket Ship, grew a Christian Academy in Washington 65% changed their culture, improved recruiting and employee retention uh, by getting rid of a lot of the old educational models, the rip and replace models, start using growth-driven design. Um, and we talk about the, all the features that educational institutions need to have, uh, what's the best platform for them, uh, how to create amazing content that gets shared and using the long tail. Uh, but Shannon, thanks so much for being on. We're excited to get started. My pleasure. Thanks, Ian. And uh, don't forget, this is brought to you by videocasestory.com. One of the best ways to grow any business, whether it's education or agency, is through your customer stories. Go to videocasestory.com to learn how to collect, craft, and deliver your customer stories. All right, let's get started. I'm super excited to talk about this. It's always fun to talk about growth, especially like in, in fun areas like education. And you helped grow enrollments, traffic. And I think it's one of those things that people don't think a lot of digital marketing for something like a, you know, a K through eight Academy, but you did it. Tell me a little bit about them and how you did it. Uh, yeah, well, we do a lot of work for schools and educational institutions, um, education service providers. Uh, but yeah, specifically, um, the one that I, I think would be good to talk about is this uh, Academy uh, that's here in Everett, Washington, called North Shore Christian Academy. And the whole education space has been completely disrupted over the last few years. You know, the pandemic has affected so many different industries, but in education in particular, you know, with in-person and remote learning and, and as the, the pandemic evolved and parents were like, oh, you know, gosh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be in person. And then it was like, oh, I'm sick of not being in person and I got to get back in person. And maybe my public school is is lagging or not lagging, you know, so I mean, there's just there's all kinds of movement. And it, it's it was really interesting to work with so many different clients that were experiencing different things based on where they were and what was going on in their area. But, you know, private schools are oftentimes looking to grow, you know, their their enrollment, they, they don't have this sort of captive audience, like the public schools do, you know, that where the district lines are drawn, and, and, you know, they, they're going to get their enrollment based on that, but private schools have to go out and, and make their case, you know, they have to think about branding, they have to think about what differentiates them, and, and why, you know, why is it worth the extra cost to go to private school, so um, enrollment and, and sustaining that growth is really big for them. Yeah. And you never, I mean, I guess if from the outside being a parent, you don't think about this, you're like, oh, schools are just schools. They just grow. They don't need marketing, <laughs> but obviously, you know, if they're charging a lot of money, it's, it's an alternate choice for a lot of people. And yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of frustration too, like you said, around the in school, not school. And then there was some marketing around that too, wasn't there? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and so when the, this academy came to you, tell me what was their problem? Why did they come to you all? I mean, obviously enrollments, but was there a specific yeah. issue? And we started working with them prior to the pandemic. But yeah, when they came to us, they they had a goal to, uh, their, their broad goal was, was to grow their enrollment. So they were kind of on a long-term um, strategic path to expand the, the school 
you know, they were building new buildings and, and, and various things and wanted to grow their enrollment uh, along with that. But um, they, they were just in a position where uh, they were one of the larger private schools in the county, but they were really not getting that kind of credit in terms of their web presence. Um, they, they were being outranked online by a lot of smaller private schools. And they just, you know, they had a really big website with a lot of content, but it wasn't well optimized. It wasn't well organized. And they, they just really weren't getting the, the credit and the, the web visibility that they, that they should have had. Um, and, and that, of course, was a barrier to them growing. So um, their website was kind of in a shambles at the, at the time we started working together. They were in the process of doing an internal conversion from a proprietary platform over to Wix. And so they were midway in that process. And we, we got down that path. And, and uh, I, I just I, I had to have a heart to heart with them and say, listen, um, before we go any further, we really need to reassess the platform here because they were running into all kinds of barriers and walls with that platform. And um, so that's the first thing that we did was we got them onto a platform that was really more um, scalable and flexible that could grow with them. And, um, and that was more, um, it, you know, was, was, did a better job with search engine optimization and, and uh, you know, flexibility of, of uh, how they can arrange their content. And when it comes to a specifically to, I mean, there's a couple things there. Well, first of all, do you feel like educational institutions, especially of this size, or like maybe that are not quite into the digital age, underestimate how much potential parents and, and students are using online to judge them? Um, yeah, I think, I think they do. I mean, I think as a category, generally education we work across a lot of different categories and have built, you know, hundreds and hundreds of websites over the years. And so we're, you know, we see what's going on in these different categories, but education, I think is kind of a lagging category, you know, in terms of their level of sophistication um, and, you know, what's invested into the user experience and, you know, the branding and the look and the feel and, and that kind of thing. Um, private schools are better um, because, you know, they, they know that they have to go out and attract students and, and that's how they survive. It's again, going back to the public school thing, it's, it's not automatic. It's actually not automatic on the, on the public side anymore, either because of all of the choice and options that are out there. So this is one of those things that's being disrupted um, in, in the industry. But yeah, overall, I think there is an underestimation of how important the web presence is and how you know, how, how parents and prospective parents are using uh, the website to get the information they need and make choices. Is this the right, is this the right uh, environment for my child? It's funny because I mean, I feel like it's one of those things that we all use the internet so much for everything and to like do all the research. But then we think when it comes to us, that research isn't happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I see this across the board, you know, even in, you know, digital agencies that we work with. And it's like, have you looked at your online presence? Yeah, I know you look at your website, but have you looked at your online presence? And so when you're considering that piece, you're considering the, the web platform piece, and you said you had to make sure it was flexible enough and had SEO, what, you know, what features, obviously SEO was a big one. Uh, what features do you feel education 
institutions need to have in a platform? You know, we work with a couple of different platforms predominantly. WordPress is one of those platforms. It's, you know, it's, it's the one that's the most pervasive out there. Um, it's open source. There is, uh, there's a huge developer community. And so there are ver plugins for virtually anything and everything that you would want to do. Um, schools like other organizations in different categories have some unique needs that they have. Um, maybe schools use things like, you know, like calendaring uh, features and plugins a little bit more heavily. Some of them will have like donation engines that they will need to use. Um, certainly managing the enrollment process. Um, sometimes there are multiple steps and stages in that. And so you have platforms that, um, that have tried to cater to the education space and that's good. And then they pre, they pre make some of those, those tools to be sort of turnkey. The problem that we've seen with that um, is that sometimes if those tools are not configured in the way that that particular school needs or wants, they're kind of stuck because, you know, it's, you, they've created a, a closed pro, uh, a platform and it's like a piece of software. You know, if, if you're using, uh, you know, Microsoft Office and you think, gosh, I really wish that they would have such and such a feature. I mean, your best hope is to kind of put a request in and hope that it gets on the roadmap a year or two down the road or, or whatever, right? Um, whereas a platform like WordPress or, or a HubSpot's another program, uh, uh, platform that we just love um, that are really built for growth and they're much more scalable and flexible. Um, so that's, that's what we, that's, that's at least our unique approach, I think, is, is we, can, we can build anything, a calendar, a donation. I mean, that's not the problem. Um, but what we find is that a lot, a lot of platforms lack the growth uh, mechanisms, you know, to, to build and grow, you know, things like AB testing, you know, what calls to action should I use, you know, where, you know, how are people clicking? Are they finding the information that they want? Is it really usable, you know, and being able to test and learn and have the reporting so that you can continually evolve your site to get better and better and better. Um, that's where tools like your uh, platforms like WordPress and HubSpot really excel compared to the the industry specific ones like, um, you know, like a final site. It's, yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting because, and you know, it comes back to a point where, and I want to ask this, even in a specific case where a lot of times, especially if they're not spending a lot of time, there, stakeholders in an institution, whether it's a business or a school, I feel have the wrong idea of what they need because they're just not experts in it. And so then they guide that platform to be built. What, is that something you, you had to do here where you had to guide them away from certain things that they wanted and to the things like you were saying, like CTAs that are so important or testing that's so important? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, we had to have that heart to heart because they, they were already, you know, 50% of the way into that migration pro pros, uh, process. So uh, there was some sunk cost there that they had to, to come to, to grips with. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, we just, we showed them uh, where where this was becoming, where they were they were hitting the ceiling, and they saw it, and and so so we did that. Um, but but yeah, th this it's true because you know building a website, there's a lot of technology there. There's there's a lot of strategy that goes goes in, and and you know folks at schools or or any organizations typically don't have the experts to really know how to think through the decision process you know what what are the most important criteria how, how can i 
how should I compare these tools or different agencies or providers? What should I be looking for? Uh, can be can be really um, a challenge. Yeah, and and so you you get past the challenges. You have the heart to heart. You start building out the website. What were the key pieces? Now looking back, that you did that you feel felt really set them up for success. We talked. We've talked about the platform, and yeah. so we we put them on a platform that was scalable. Okay. And that allowed us this opportunity to um, to really work with them on then on an ongoing basis to grow and evolve and build the site. So there's another concept here that I, I think kind of touches on, on on this question that you're asking, which is um, the approach of, of growth driven design. So mm-hmm. GDD or growth driven design is a kind of a new way of thinking about how to um, to grow and evolve and manage your your website, and it's based on uh, principles of like lean and, and agile methodologies. Um, but the idea is that you know what we used to do, and what still so many organizations do, is they go through this cycle of every four or five years, you know, ripping and replacing and totally overhauling their website, and it's it's a huge project. It consumes everybody's resource for you know three to five months, and so it's re- so it's very disruptive. And you know then you you sort of so you wipe it out, start fresh, redesign it, and then what happens? It sits there for another four or five years. So you've got this very, very jagged stair step kind of kind of a thing. And in these long periods of three to five years, there's very little evolution of the website, and that's not good. And what what growth driven design does is it says. Uh, Let's start by putting uh, building on a on a growth optimized platform like we've been talking about, one that is conducive to more of an iterative approach. And so there are some some very specific criteria. Then you know you have to be on a program that that's conducive to that, that allows you to iterate and make these these incremental changes, and even evolve the design of the site without having to wipe it out and start fresh. And this is great because. It makes it more manageable over time, and you get the benefit of these changes as soon as they they occur incrementally. Every month, you do a you know a number of sprints, as is you know what we what we call call them, and then um, you know we're we're using the data that we're collecting in real time to direct where we prioritize those improvements. Um, so that I think is is a big part of the success here. We, we did this with search engine optimization. We did it with uh, creation of content, how we organize the content on the site. And all of, all of that in a period of a couple of years just really exploded, I think, the, um, the, the authority that Google sees uh, saw on their website and their organic traffic increased by hundreds of percent over, over that period of time. Wow. Hundreds of percent. I mean, that's fantastic. And traffic, you know, we would think that traffic is like just a couple rankings, but did you do a lot of long tail for them? Do they get a lot of that other types of searches or is it mainly just for like local needed searches? Well, both. Um, we, you know, generally speaking with, with SEO, um, it, 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 it oftentimes pays off to start with the longer tail approach. Those, those longer tails are, of course, they have smaller, uh, lower search volume associated with them, but they can be much more valuable, higher intent uh, searches. So, so they can convert better, but they're also a little bit easier to, to rank on initially than those, those really big broad terms, which take, take longer. But 
the, the thing is that those broad terms are oftentimes part of the long tails. So as you, as you, you know, get ranking on those long tails, then, you know, lo and behold, after a little bit longer period of time, six months, 12 months, maybe, then you start to rank on those, um, those bigger, broader terms that have more volume. Um, but we did, I remember a, a, a blog post on uh, public versus private school, like, you know, which is right for your child. I mean, this is a very common, you know, searched type of term, right? When parents, especially with kids who are just entering that age range and they, and they're, they're really deciding, Hey, is it worth it? Like, should I go into, to go to private school, like right at kindergarten? Um, or should I start in public and then plan to move them into private later on? You know, if I had to choose, should I do it earlier? Should I do it later? And so these are questions that parents are asking. And we just wrote up a nice blog post on that. And a few weeks after we, we posted that, it just, it just caught fire. And we started seeing hundreds of visits every month on that post. It just, it got picked up, it got shared, you know, and that doesn't happen on every blog post that you write, but every once in a while you, you hit the jackpot. Yeah. That's a great feeling when that happens too, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I know it's like, is this going to happen this time? Is it going to happen? And did you, you know, I find in a lot of content, I, you know, you have an instinct of what's going to work and what's going to be the best. Was this the thing that you thought was going to be the best? Or was there a piece of content that you thought was going to be really good that was, I mean, it was good, but just okay? Wow, that's a great question. And interesting that you that you asked that. We did uh, and invested quite a bit of time in a piece of content that was on focused on STEM and the importance of STEM education. And this particular school is is located right next to the big Boeing uh, facility here in Everett, and so there's a lot of STEM, you know, engineering uh, careers in this area, and a lot of the graduates from uh, North Shore would would go on to high school and college, and then end up you know working in the community at Boeing and or Microsoft or you know some of these other companies, and so we thought, uh, wouldn't it be great if we wrote a longer form piece of content all about STEM education and, you know, educating the next generation of STEM leaders. And we'll interview folks who have graduated, who are now in these roles. And so we did this and we interviewed and we, we invested the time to, to do this. And then we wanted to disseminate it and we thought it might get picked up, you know, by some major outlets. And um, I would say, you know, it wasn't a failure, but it, you know, compared to how easy it was to, do that private versus public school article that that probably in the end generated more traffic the the one the other one on on stem um was was very good piece and it did contribute traffic but you know you just don't know which ones are going to get picked up uh and going to kind of uh, go viral yeah and it's like all these factors and and but that's it's you've got that leg up because you i mean being a good marketer you know that so that, I mean, that's obviously a success. Was that the first success you had? What was the first big win where the school was like, hey, this is really working? Well, I think we saw benefits right after launching the site and, and there were some benefits um, that were felt by the existing community of parents who interact with the site because the site was very well, much better organized. You know, we, we incorporated some like mega menus and, and, and uh, you know, tiered menuing that made it, easy for folks to kind of drill in 
amidst a site that has, you know, I think over 300 pages. So that was really important. And I think we saw some immediate benefit from, from that. Also, uh, North Shore, shortly after we launched the website, learned that they won the National Blue Ribbon Award, which is, um, you know, a major accomplishment. It's, it's uh, this is an award that's given out each year by the Department of Education. And I think about two or three, 200 maybe public schools and about 50 private schools in the U.S. receive it each year. Wow. The North Shore was one of the 50 private schools that received it. And so we um, embarked on, on a whole campaign that really lasted a whole year. I mean, you, you sort of hold the, the award for the year. And, uh, and so we really partnered with them to get that message out to the community, you know, through a lot of different channels, you know, a lot of social media blitzes and, and of course on the website, helping them write press releases, get that news out. Um, they, you know, they did some open house type events that we promoted that they, where they got the mayor and, and some other folks on. So, and then they got write-ups in local papers. And so we kind of, we, we, we helped them to think of that as, Hey, this is not just a, we won this award. Let's 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 announce it but let's think of it as like a whole year-long campaign really get the benefit of this and start to shape and change the perception in the community of hey this is one of the best schools in the country right here in Snohomish County so um, I think that was a huge catalyst for them as well love it I like that idea too of like of promoting ongoing promotion I think a lot of people don't while they win something they think they promote it once and then it's done or and and you and also making them realize too that this means you're one of the best schools in the country because you kind of have to also did you have to sell the award as well kind of like tell people what the award meant yeah we had to educate about it because you know there, there is some awareness i mean this this has been going on for i don't know how many years when they they instituted the the national blue ribbon but yeah a lot of folks really don't know or if they do know about it, they've just sort of heard peripherally, but they, they don't have any idea how big of a deal it is, you know, how big of an honor it is to, to win this. Nice. Yeah. And so ongoing, using growth-driven design, what were some of the other sprints that you all did? Oh, um, they, they can really vary. I mean, we, we, we would, I mean, over the course of a number of years, you know, we've, we've gone through numerous iterations on the website. Uh, we had, we actually went through a rebrand with NCA uh, about a year ago where we, we completely changed over their, their core um, logo identity and, and we did some strategic branding work in association with that, you know, to make sure it was sort of tied in and consistent with their values and mission and that kind of thing. Um, and then we rolled that out and, and, and in the rollout of a new brand, of course, there, there are a lot of things that that impacts. But part of that also was we, we changed over their mascot. There were some misalignments there. They, they were the North Shore Navigators. And uh, so their mascot was a gator, Navigator. But, <laughs> you know, but, but that, of course, didn't really, really sync up with the idea of a navigator, which was more of the act. So, yeah. Um, and and you don't have a whole lot of alligators in, in Washington not, State, not, do you? <laughs> a good point. That was, another, that was another issue that came up, yeah. So yeah, we, we kind of helped pull this all together into a co cohesive um, brand expression for them. So that was a big one. And then, you know, some of the content things like we've talked about, that STEM article was a big sprint. 
you know, oh, various enrollment campaigns, certainly, especially seasonally. This is another thing that's unique to most schools is that they go through these cycles, right, where they, they really need to get the message out because parents are, are going, you know, hey, I, I got to figure out what where my kids going next year. Am I going to make a change? Am I not? Re-enrollment, all these things kind of follow a calendar. And so uh, there were always sprints going on with different uh, enrollment pushes. That's awesome. How has the school transformed since you started working with them? Well, I mean, just from the standpoint of enrollment, which of course was their overarching goal, I'm just looking here at, at some of my, uh, my notes, they went from 124 new students in the, the 2019-2020 uh, school year to 204 students in the 21-22 so last school year, so a 65% increase there. Total enrollment, uh, 815 to 904. Wow, that's amazing. So, yeah, and then of course the blue ribbon and, and sort of owning that as their identity, I think really changed um, the culture there and just the overall perception of, hey, this is a really, this is a, a, uh, an institution that, that really prioritizes excellence in academics. And so I think they're, they're really sort of owning that and feeling that. And the, and then the brand as well. So a lot of, you know, sort of culturally and perception wise, I think they've experienced a lot of great, uh, great changes. That's, I think that's such a great thing because we don't think of, I mean, like the enrollment's an obvious leap, but we don't think of marketing changing perception internally. Most people don't, I do, but it's a big part of it, right? It's, you've got to even market to the people that your employees and, and the faculty and doing that marketing builds that. I mean, school spirit is essentially marketing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, another one that's in that same category is you don't really think of it as the job of marketing, but uh, is um, re recruiting and, and retent employee retention. So in that HR area, especially when um, things are so competitive right now uh, in the job market, you know, finding the, the best, teaching talent and retaining them is a huge deal, right? So obviously, uh, that's, that's where there's, there's an edge that you have if, if you can attract those teachers because of the, the quality of academics and, and the reputation that you've created. It's, it's definitely a cascading thing that, it, and this is such a great case story of, of, of what you've done and how it can transform a school more than just getting butts in the seats. That's fantastic. So you've worked with other uh, institutions, other educational institutions, people that service education, obviously know a lot about education. Tell us a little bit about, you know, all your services and what you all do. And we you know design, SEO, what what all happens at Rocketship? How do we work with you? Oh, great. Yeah. Um, well, as I mentioned earlier, we're a growth agency. And, and so that means that we do a lot of things um, there. And, and this is one of the challenge challenges for agencies, full service agencies like us, is that uh, there are so many different functions uh, that that we have to manage. Uh, we sort of wish sometimes we had the luxury of saying we were just we're just an SEO company and that's all we do, but we're looking at the big picture of growth. So um, for for companies that have um, you know an aggressive growth goal, I mean that's really where they're focused. Um, we can come alongside and provide all of the related um, activities that are necessary to make that happen. We, we often talk about it like we're creating a marketing engine and, uh, and the metaphor we use oftentimes is a flywheel, right? A flywheel is a, 
mechanism that starts to spin and it gains momentum. And, and once it's spun up, it takes a lot less energy to keep it going. So that's really what we're focused on. We're focused on building all the components that help build that momentum. And that includes obviously a, a, a growth oriented website. Uh, it includes search engine optimization, content marketing, social media management and, and social media marketing. Um, all, all the, the paid uh, digital advertising, uh, reputation management, email marketing, and, and a big one um, that's foundational, kind of like a website is foundational, is the, the CRM, the customer relationship tools that sort of bring all this stuff together and help, help manage these campaigns across channels. Nice. Um, so we're a, we're a HubSpot uh, gold partner agency. So we, we, we love HubSpot and we do a lot of work on the HubSpot platform, but we also work with some other platforms um, and try to you know, uh, steer organizations into the, the ones that are best for them. Fantastic, that's awesome. Well, uh, we'll make sure to put a link to uh, getrocketship.com. And also, uh, Shannon, what's the best place to follow you? Where are you posting? LinkedIn, Instagram? Are you a TikTok guy? <laughs> uh, no, uh, probably LinkedIn would be the best place to find me and Get Rocket Ship is there or uh, at Shannon's Astro on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. We'll put a link to all that in the show notes. Obviously, if you're watching on YouTube, just check below. Shannon, thanks so much for sharing this story of growing North Shore with us today. Thank you, Ian. I really appreciate it. And thank you all for taking Shannon and I on your journey. This has been I Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it'll make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads. Better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer? An agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 